Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, on Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show on the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. We have two big highlights on the show today. The second one is going to be the debrief of Joe McGranahan, who now reveals he was at the ribbon cutting of the CSVT bridge and northern section and the groundbreaking for the southern section yesterday. So that was your big public event. Why aren't you just a you, It was embargoed. You told me you weren't allowed to mention where it was. Right. I know. I'm, it's a secret. All right. So anyway, so that was so we're going to debrief him on that, and I only have about 29 questions. So we'll put well, I got those 28 two. answers, so we're not going to have a long Uh-oh. conversation. <laughs> it's going to fall apart at the end. But in the meantime, we have asked for, from CBS, an expert to talk to us about the January 6th committee hearings that are underway. Now, lots of folks might uh, have an observation about those. They certainly lack objectivity, but at the same time, if you uncover a fact, a fact is a fact, but you, of course, have to watch out for... Oh, I'd like to have that laminated for my wallet. That's very profound. <laughs> the sky is blue this much we know for sure but how does everybody feel about it is why we had to bring in an expert thane rosenbaum is here is an american novelist essayist distinguished university professor we see him on the lecture circuit hosts his own uh, interview program and he's a cbs legal analyst so thane thank you so much for calling our radio station today very much appreciated yes thank you sir joy talking to you both thank you all right. And uh, so we're talking about January 6th. The first thing that comes out is we may come out with some interesting information from the hearings, but the question arises, they're not presented in objective fashion. People are used to maybe seeing a court situation where you have cross-examination and hearsays not allowed. Explain why January, the value that the January 6th committee hearings have. If any. Well, remember, Congress's duty is to investigate, right? The question is, what is its purpose for the investigation? So generally speaking, when Congress investigates, it has to, has to have a, a legislative purpose. So that's sort of one of the questions I think, you know, Republicans have. Is this political? Is this just an opportunity to keep Donald Trump uh, alive because it distracts from other issues? Or does this have a legislative purpose? Now, the question there is, well, what about a criminal proceeding? Well, at the end of this, I suspect, the committee will turn over everything that it received to the Justice Department and ask the Justice Department, can you bring a criminal indictment against the president? The Justice Department has no obligation to do that, right, for many reasons. They don't carry the bags of Congress. They could conduct their own investigation and say, thank you very much for this information. Um, But so there is also the possibility that this does have a legislative purpose, right? So that at the end of this, Congress decides, you know, we really should take another look at the Electoral Count Act, right? Or things that came out of this election that could have been fixed through, uh, you know, through legislation. 
then the last thing I would say is like, well, it's an investigation that may doesn't, perhaps doesn't have a cr- criminal implications because the Justice Department won't take action. But it does have political effects, which is that it's, it gives the nation another look at January 6th, gives it a little different material, um, uh, and with the idea that maybe, you know, from the perspective of uh, Democrats that Donald Trump's core supporters will withdraw from him, leave him, um, and so in in some ways, you know, there's the hope that the president will be indicted and imprisoned to keep him out of the election or new next election, or that his own core supporters and other Republicans will leave him out of revulsion that comes out of the various hearings that we've had so far. Thane, how would you characterize what's come out of them so far in terms of public attitude? Are you sensing that the public is hanging on every word or that they're yawning and saying, I'm more concerned about the price of gas at the pump? I suspect that the price of the gas at the pump and other, you know, inflationary problems are more front and center um, for a lot of reasons. Um, first, given what I said before about revulsion, you know, Donald Trump's... Uh, core supporters we learned from over the last six years he's boasted about that right he said i could shoot somebody on fifth avenue and my supporters will still love me so you know the issue was always well you know everything about him is already baked in right and his core supporters support him and like the fact i mean when i look a lot at, at what we've seen over this investigation i see really very, very, very strong evidence that Donald Trump is a very bad person, <laughs> if it's true. But I'm not sure it's criminal, right? It's I continue to look at this and say, I know, but are these indictable offenses? And that is something that the Justice Department is going to have to take a hard look at. If what has been revealed is true, again, it speaks to narcissism, uh, recklessness, impulsivity, you know, uh, irresponsibility, even perhaps gross negligence in some regard, but I'm not sure it achieves what people thought, which is, is he directly responsible for the, in any way, as being part of a conspiracy, uh, with the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers, uh, when they lay siege to the Capitol? Was he or any of his staff uh, part of those conversations in a true conspiracy. Conspiracy really requires a legal causal nexus between uh, a parties that are in agreement that something is going to happen. And I don't think that there's yet been any evidence that demonstrates that the Oval Office was somehow in conversation with the people uh, who ended up breaking into the uh, Capitol building. This might sound like a strange question from what you just said then. We don't, you haven't quite heard enough to even support a conspiracy. What has to happen for that to occur? Do we need Roger Stone to say, President Trump told me to tell the Proud Boys to riot? Or, you know, what's, what's sort of the, uh, the, the missing element here for a conspiracy charge or, you know, even a, a greater charge? Well, conspiracy requires an agreement. Literally, that's how it starts. It would be like the three of us somehow had an agreement to engage in an unlawful act, right? That's the key. In our country, legally speaking, 
we punish but by a person committing an act that has a causal connection to some harm. And in the case to avoid situations where you don't have direct causal connections, direct causals, you have to have an agreement to participate. That's why in a bank robbery, the, the, the guy who's driving or the woman who's driving the getaway car, if a policeman is shot or a guard is shot in the bank robbery, he or she, the driver, is also responsible for that. Why? Because he was in an agreement with the person who went into the bank that they were going to be part of an unlawful act. And so in order for there to be seditious conspiracy, which is what the main charges are against the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys, we're going to need some connection, some agreement, right? That, that language is not out yet. Now, that doesn't mean that there isn't some things that could be criminal. There is a federal statute that go to this idea that you cannot uh, obstruct an official meeting of the federal government that's in progress to defraud and, and by doing so defrauding the American people. So you could say, well, the attempts to pressure Vice President Pence are obstructions of a federal meeting, right? So to to, to d- disrupt what happened on January 6th. But yes, I think you're going to need something that looks a lot closer, that there was actual contact where it's not just what we heard the other day, that it's possible that the some people in the Oval Office knew that there might be violence. They have to help set the violence in motion by actually being in contact with those people that, bro- that broke into the Capitol building. Well, Thane Cassidy Hutchison's testimony came as something of a, a shock at the last minute. Do you think that was a partisan timing issue on the part of the Democrats? You know, they, the House went on its spring break. There's nobody there on the Republican side who can counteract what she had to say. So they rush her out, bring her out, and now she's implicated Pat Cipollone so that I guess he's going to have to testify. I mean, is it, how partisan is this on a scale of zero to 100? <laughs> well, you know, he doesn't have to testify. I mean, I, I don't know if he will. First of all, he's the White House counsel, and all lawyers tell their clients, you can be open and honest with me. You must be, because I'm here to help you, and I'm bound by the attorney-client privilege not to reveal uh, what you've told me. And I would be very surprised if Cipollone said, it didn't say, my client is the President of the United States, and I am not revealing client confidences. Sorry, go talk to somebody else. I'm 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 his attorney, um, and so I I when I heard that that they're seeking his testimony. I mean, he might, you know, he they could he could say, well, this is an illegal proceeding, right? This is a congressional investigation. But I would be very very surprised. But your point is a good one, right? Because she was not a surprise witness. I thought that that's what they brought everyone back for, right? We found someone new. We didn't find someone. She, we already we already have her deposition. But she was going to add to it a little in a more, perhaps more graphic, shocking detail. Um, so, but again, when I hear what she said, right, he threw his lunch against the, you know, the wall, <laughs> the president, because he was really, really mad. Yeah, this is, there is nothing that you can tell me about the Donald Trump that's going to that's all he, of course, he threw his lunch against the wall. This, this level of irresponsibility, recklessness, you know, rage, 
Um, but that's very different. The fact that he wanted to go to the Capitol and be with the Oath Keepers, so what? I, you, so what he wanted? Of course he wants to be with the Oath Keepers. Does that mean because he wanted to also break into the Capitol with him because he knew that that's what they were going to do and he was going to lead the charge? That I, that, That's very different than saying, I want to be there with Because remember, the, the Congress is not focusing on the key language that came out during the Senate uh, impeachment trial, which was what he says. And again, they don't want to talk about this, but this was a very key line where he said, I understand that you're all going to be walking over peacefully and patriotically soon to the Capitol to make your voices heard. Mm-hmm. And that is not that is not incitement to him in the fall. <laughs> I know it's just not. Now I understand it's he's a lot of tweeted, but that just is that's like an exonerating line. But you know what? You haven't heard that line in the investigation. It's been distressing to me. It's like, are you going to ever show that line? Because <laughs> that is that he said peacefully and patriotically will march together to make your voices heard. You know what, gentlemen. That is exactly what the Founding Fathers said the First Amendment was for. <laughs> well, I think that was his uh, legal out to make sure that he he put that clause in the speech so he'd have, have this for later use. Yeah, and, 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 and you know, I will tell you, it, it, you know, and I'm, I'm a CBS straight shooter, you know, my, I'm not partisan, but I can't imagine a court in America with that line saying, yes, you are stripped of your free speech rights because you incited violence. That line is not an example of inciting imminent lawlessness. He may have done a lot of other irresponsible things. Look, he shouldn't have been there. He shouldn't have been speaking. Yeah, that's all true. But that line has not been introduced in evidence or dealt with because it's really exonerating. Um, and so, as I said, there's a lot here about him, you know, showing the same kind of impulsivity and irresponsibility that we're that he's famous for. But I'm not sure that what we've seen so far yet are actual criminal acts, except for one, which is the potential obstruction of a federal meeting, an official meeting that was in progress, and that was the certification of the electoral count. Well, the second part of my question had to do with uh, the level of partisanship here. If uh, 100% is totally partisan and 0% is not partisan at all, where, where do you come down, or where, where, what the, what's the consensus with how partisan or unpartisan is this hearing? Well, it's extremely partisan because I think you said, or one of the two of you said, you know, the Sixth Amendment is offers these, the Confrontation Clause. In our country, you have to conf- be able to be given a right to uh, confront your accusers, to rebut what is said about you, uh, to, to present your own evidence, to call attention to other values that are not being presented uh, on your behalf. So, you know, this lacks that foundational requirement that we see in a criminal case of being able to confront your accusers. So in the absence of, you know, that kind of rebuttal testimony, um, it, it, it has the look of something that is more political, partisan, than a more formalized, you know, trial or a true investigation where you can cross-examine what's being said against you. 
Um, like, for instance, you know, we are now told that the anecdote that she's told about him, the president, lunging for the steering wheel and almost attacking one of the Secret Service agents, well, that was hearsay evidence. She wasn't there. In, in a trial, you know, an immediate objection. Your Honor, that's hearsay. Right. Uh, Plus and it. guess what happened? The, the Secret Service agents are now saying, we would like to come in and say that that didn't happen. Right? Now, in a trial, that inconsistent statement, that statement that had such dramatic effect the other day, that ended up now being possibly untrue as just pure hearsay, would ordinarily discredit the value of the rest of the testimony in many cases. And again, it's it's not going to happen at this point because it sounds like she's the star witness, but I'm not sure what she really added that's criminal in nature as opposed to what you're saying partisan in nature. Well, thank you so much for your information and your analysis yes, and uh, walking us through this. We very much appreciate it. Thanks for making yourself available through CBS as well. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Thane. Any time for you both. Thank you both. Take right. care. Thank you. That is uh, Thane Rosenbaum, uh, law professor and uh, attorney and CBS legal analyst and uh, a real expert on free speech and uh, expert in things that relate to the Holocaust. I've done lots and of I research. Very fair and right down the middle. Right. Yeah. I think he's too <laughs> His conservative. Pretty good. Do you think he's too liberal? <laughs> no, I, I thought he, he I thought he made excellent points all the way up and down the line. Yep, I agree. All right. Well, we're going to take a quickie break. Uh, let's hire your remarks about what he had to say. Hire them. Uh, let's hear your <laughs> remarks about what he had to say and that this is an opportunity for the uh, phones to be open now. 1-800-795-9565. We will be right back. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could shop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. All right, anyway. All right, welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. On the Mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. I'm sorry, I'm, I, I glanced at an email that Joe opened up there. One This is a serious call us now. 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com. Text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. Go ahead and read that, Joe, and then we'll get the phone call. Well, it's from our friend Tom. He, along with EB, are just paragons of, uh, well, you know, willingness to listen to the other side. But Tom says, where did you dig up that right-wing political hack? Cassidy Hutchison was under oath. The others are hearsay at this point. 
Yeah, but that still doesn't matter. The, the, when's the last time you heard Secret Service agents volunteer to go under oath and testify? So, so you know, they, they, that's their viewpoint. But <laughs> it's still, like I said yesterday, it's still a he said, she right. said. But, but the Democrats but that's make still it sound valuable. like the Republicans were beating the heck out of police officers, you know, on January 6th. Now, all of a sudden, two, two law enforcement officers come forward and say what you've heard isn't true, and now they want to beat them over the head. <laughs> I, think, I, I think it all has Figuratively, value. Figuratively, not literally. I think it all has value. Yeah, that, no, that was January 6th itself. Uh, did you know some of the flagpoles had spears under them? You take the top off and there was a spear underneath. Oh, no, I wasn't yeah, aware Yeah, that, that was the Proud Boys toys. Uh, Eric, you're on the mark. Go right ahead. Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. I'm going to speak slowly at the request of other people who call in. Uh, I wanted to bring up this point yesterday, but, but, Joe, you were at a very important meeting. And thank you, Joe, for all you've done to help bring about the uh, Cross Valley Expressway and uh Alleviate the traffic we all have on That's the in Wilkes-Barre. Thank you for whatever <laughs> you've made for that. Thank you. Um, but, Joe, you said something yesterday, and you brought up, and everyone on the r- right seems to be focusing on the one thing that Cassidy Hutchinson said under oath. And she said from the very beginning, I did not witness this. I heard this. Okay? So, so one would then think, why would the committee want to focus in on this? Well, I, I think I have the answer. Because there were people who heard this directly. And they are refusing to testify. Now, I understand the uh, client um, lawyer privilege, and so the the president, and I forget his name, um, um, something Italian, but anyway. Cipollone. Um, pardon me? His name is Cipollone. Sim, Cipollone. Cipollone. Sip, not Sim. Client, uh, <laughs> Moving <I> on. <laughs> but Mark Meadows has been subpoenaed, has been, uh, actually, Congress has voted he needs to testify. And part of her testimony is to indicate we need to hear from the eyewitness. So why won't Mark Meadows testify? Well, I well, think it's a – why kill yourself? You know, I mean, why would you do that? Why would you subject yourself to that as partisan? It's obviously – don't have an If I'm subpoenaed and required to go into court of law, something I saw or, or is implicit in, I have no choice. I have to go. Well, otherwise, I'm in, you know, I'll be thrown in jail until I agree. Well, but, you know, the issue of presidential privilege is one that has to be sorted out in the courts. He can he can certainly assert that privilege, that he gave the president legal advice, and that he was, uh, you know, in that regard, he's not allowed to disclose what conversations he had with the president. If you disagree with that, there's a court mechanism to get that overturned. You know, so rather than criticize him for doing what he believes is right as an attorney, we should be saying, okay, that's your position. We're going to take it to court. And what they're saying about Cipollone is that he, in effect, probably is willing to testify, but he wanted the subpoena so that somebody had to force him to say it instead of him volunteering it, which would have been a violation of client-attorney privilege. But you're saying Mark Meadows has nothing has nothing to hide, and that's why... But he, yet he will not testify. The American people have the right to know what happened behind the scenes of this one case. We're not talking about stuff like, you know, national secrets or anything. We're talking about this, this one case, citing a riot. Yeah, I wonder and if... He, he, has uh, been, he has been subpoenaed, and Congress has agreed he should testify, yet he still is is refusing to. It's just speculation, but at this point, I wonder if it would have been better to have a hearing with either some raucous Republicans on board that they wanted to put on, or some other ones. I'm sure that the Republicans could have come up with some other folks that they thought would be acceptable and, you know, other than Liz Cheney. And so I think that, and Adam Kinzinger, that would have balanced this out. Plus, 
if the hearing weren't so one-sided, I mean, it is, it's just like a prosecution of President right. Trump. So uh, I think that's why. Not but that if, he doesn't if, deserve if it. If Hutchinson is lying, what's her motivation? Who says she's lying? She obviously is going to be a target of all, all, all her former yeah, I don't, I, think you, you, I don't think anybody's saying. I don't you, think anybody's saying she's lying. You missed what Mr. Rosenbaum said, and he made a good point. That she was testifying to something she heard. It would have been considered hearsay in a court of law. Would you let me finish my sentence? Could, could I possibly finish my sentence before you start telling me I'm wrong? I mean, Thane Rosenbaum was quite correct in pointing out that it was hearsay testimony. Now they asked her for it, and it's not a court of law, and so she could offer that opinion or offer that testimony. But that doesn't mean that it would be sustained in any criminal court, and it wouldn't. But it's not even a civil proceeding. It is a hearing, and the goal of the hearing is to get facts out. Right. And it is a fact. Well, we'll have she to alleges assume. that someone told right. her. I don't believe she's lying about it. Right. I believe somebody told her that, but it she didn't hear it herself. It is a fact that under oath, she said somebody told her that the president grabbed the steering wheel of the beast. I believe, and Joe, maybe you can correct me on this, I don't believe the beast was there. I believe it was just a standard limousine or something comparable it's for the president, but it wasn't the full-blown beast. Oh, okay. Have you well, heard that? No, okay, I well, I think that was on NPR. They said that the, uh, logistically the beast wasn't present, so uh, that was that might be a, a, you know something. Possible. Whoever told her it was the beast didn't tell her accurate information. That's just kind of out there as, as another question mark. But my point is that it's it's not even a civil proceeding. It's just a one-sided prosecution of President Trump. Do is the information that you get from it totally worthless? No, I think if you're going to write a history book, you were coming out with facts and information that shows that the president was just inches away from full-blown conspiracy. Here, is that valuable in a court of law? It could be. Is the attorney general frothing at the mouth waiting to prosecute? <laughs> I don't think so. I, I agree with Thane Rosenbaum. He hasn't seen it. Eric, you're going to have to stand. By. I'm sorry about this, but we're, we're now we're up at the top of the hour. So, And Bob called in from Nori. Bob, if you want to hold, we'll go to you and Eric as soon as we get past the top of the hour. Everybody, hold on through the CBS News. Listen to the good information. Buy the, the products, that the ads that are advertised. And at six minutes after, we'll talk again shortly. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome back. WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. we got some callers standing by, so we will go to them in a moment. Uh, they are holding on because they were holding on before we hit the top of the hour. Then we'll do news headlines on the mark. Sponsor for the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. All right, Eric, you get another minute. Go right ahead. I should get more than another minute because you guys know what that button you have that you didn't allow me to talk for the last two minutes where you guys are pontificating before the news was on. Well, I'll, was, I'll take my time. You weren't listening to us. That's why. <laughs> and you were interrupting us. Oh, you know. Um, my, my point is this. You, everyone seems to be focusing on the 10%, perhaps, of the testimony which Cassidy Hutchinson admitted outright that this is what I heard, rather than 90% of the things that she testified she actually witnessed and heard. Why don't you talk about 
that her testimony that she heard the president actually say, let the people in past the metal detectors who we know are armed and because they are not after me. Because I don't think we're disputing that part, what she actually knew. We're only talking about the part that was hearsay. So I, again, I accept that she it, testified under oath to all those other things, and until someone can prove to me that she's lying or has some reason to be corrupt, I'm going to believe them. And President Trump called her bad news. That pretty much indicates to me that she must be telling the <laughs> truth. <laughs> Here comes trouble. I'll make trouble. one last point because I know there's other callers. Uh, your, your expert you had on before said um, there was no indication of conspiracy because they cannot link the president to the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers. It's my understanding that not, not really. all those who were convicted <laughs> of, of violating the law that day were Proud Boys or Oath Keepers. And several of the people who were not also testified why we were there. I was acting at the direction of my president. Well, yeah. In, in That's a, what they believe. In an antithetical sort of way, not in a literal sense. He didn't call them on the phone and say, hey, I need you guys to go do an insurrection. Well, and remember, Son of Sam believed he was getting instructions from a dog to kill people. Here, here so. we go. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so This is so why we bring Joe the on the show. Right? Everyone's wrong. The president was perfectly okay for what he did. No, he and wasn't. We not hold him to task. As usual. Or you, any of you, his... Uh, uh, advisors and find out from them exactly what happened. You always accuse me of going off the deep end, but I'm sorry, you're, you're way ahead of me in the deep end. I mean, nobody's saying that the at all. The deep end involves an attack on the Congress of the United States to try to turn over a, a presidential election. Is that the deep end, Joe? No, that is democracy under attack, and I refuse to to just let it go by or forget about it like you and the whole Republican Party want to do. We're not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> you know you keep downplaying well, I, it, though, and then you make references you're trying to, to, forget to, it. to a serial killer, Joe. What, what am I supposed to take from that? Well, oh, you know, you're making God. it sound like President Trump gave orders to people to go do something. I'm just pointing he out did. that... Attack uh, like hell. Fight well, like hell. Well, it's no point talking to Fight you, like Eric. You're just not going to listen. No, my last point is this. If, if he was not well, in the well, 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 well. take him so long <laughs> so. to then call him off? Uh, Why was there that three-hour, two-hour gap? All right, we got Why, you. Joe? Why? Well, I, right. I'm not going to answer you thank because you, you won't listen to thank me, you, so, thank but you, thanks thank for you. calling. All right, 1-800-795-9565. Bob, last caller before the news headlines. Go right ahead, sir. Thanks for calling in. Morning, guys. A couple things. I know you guys see the other day where two guys were arrested in California for having 187 or 178,000 fentanyl pills, and a few days later they were released on their own recognizance by a DA out there. Oh, they were? They were released yeah. on their own recognizance after that? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Holy cow. And the next thing I want to bring up, uh, you heard about this bargain gas at Sheets' um, this weekend, right? Yeah, four bucks a gallon. Oh, you better check a little careful on that. I, When I checked on it, I think it's higher in ethanol, and it's going to be hard on lawnmowers and any vehicles uh, before a certain date. Well, yeah. not all places have all the pumps, too. This is two of their specific brands. Well, yeah, they said it was specialty fuels. I never knew what that meant, but you're telling, saying it's got more ethanol in it? Yes. That's what, that, that's what I'm understanding. My truck hates ethanol. <laughs> I'd, I'd go all not in ethanol if I could. Well, it's ten percent. What is most most gasolines right, contain yeah, about ten percent? It's not. It's uh, eighty-seven is ten. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Moving on. Anyway, okay. What else, Bob? 
Uh, that's all I have this morning, and oh. have a nice fourth. Well, hey, uh, you, you too. too. Thank you very you much. Go. Yeah, I'll be at Sunbury's semi-quincentennial. All right, we got very brief news headlines here on the mark sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Toll-free line open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarket at wkok.com and text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. Look for long delays today on Route 147 between Ridge Road and Route 405 in Point Township. Northumberland County. That's because of uh, work on the shoulder of Route 147. All of the work that's taking place up there is in anticipation of the tie-in to the CSVT northern section, for which the ribbon was cut yesterday. It's been 60 years in the making, and soon traffic will be flowing on the new CSVT bridge and the northern section of the project. PennDOT, along with many local, state, and federal lawmakers, along with many community leaders, cut the ribbon on the project Wednesday. I'd like to thank all the people of the CSVT project area who've had patience and who've dealt with the uncertainties through the year as we work to develop and finalize this project. The turnout of many of the area residents last Saturday, where we had over 6,000 people here to appreciate this, was very gratifying, not only to us, but to them. That's PennDOT District 3 Executive for Engineering Eric High, who also hosted the ceremonial groundbreaking of work for the CSVT Southern Section. That work is scheduled to be completed in 2027. Many local and state leaders reflected on the many starts and stops of the project through the six decades. State Senator John Gordner shared a voicemail from then newly elected Governor Tom Wolf. I'd really like to be the first major transportation project to break ground during my administration. So I know you want to get moving on it, and I do too. So I just wanted to let you know that we working, working, doing what we can to get that going. I've saved that since March of 2015. That was a pretty important phone call there. Shemokin Dam Mayor and Greater Susquehanna Valley Transportation Committee Chairman Joe McGranahan further reflected how everyone worked together. Getting funding for the thruway has always been a political battle. It was never a partisan political battle. There have been times when Democrats took the lead on this project and other times when Republicans were in the forefront. But neither group ever lost sight of the importance this project has to our region and its citizens or of their obligation to work together to bring it about. They kept pressing on. Many lawmakers also credited McGranahan for being a, quote, determined individual to see the project through to this point. U.S. Senator Bob Casey says funding from the bipartisan infrastructure bill passed last November also played a big role in both sections of CSVT. We're grateful that that bill passed and grateful that the people of this region, who frankly deserve this investment, have waited a long time for this investment, an investment in their future. This is a day to celebrate that future, the future of the Susquehanna Valley. PennDOT says the new highway and bridge will officially open to traffic after the 4th of July. An estimated total cost for the entire project is $900 million. Matt Catrello, News Radio 1070, WKOK. Thank you, Matt. Very much appreciated. Shortly thereafter, he ran up to Bob Casey, who said... To go under oath to give testimony about a place that you worked and about issues that are being debated, it's, it's extraordinarily difficult, especially someone who's uh, her age. It raises questions about the activities of federal officials, including the president, in a manner that we hadn't seen up to this point in time. 
All right, and that's Bob Casey talking about Cassidy Hutchinson. More of his remarks at WKOK.com. Northumberland County Area Agency on Aging celebrating 50 years. They have their Senior Day Out Picnic, Health and Wellness Fair at Chickenamy State Park Marina today, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Hundreds of vendors are going to be there. And, Joe, some good news for you and I. There is going to be an Omicron-specific second booster shot that's going to be available. CBS says all COVIDs are not alike, and the FDA is trying to tackle the Omicron variant, which has still become the most dominant strain in the world and in the past year, and why there's still a background level of disease in the U.S. They are working on an Omicron-specific booster shot, which is expected to be out by the fall. This means we're going to have to boost up seasonally to keep us protected in most cases, just like we do with an annual flu shot. Maybe they'll be able to give us a double. Probably we're going to get to the point where we have the shot du jour. Okay, so... Tell me about this big function yesterday, less than an hour on Facebook Live. I, I I didn't really watch it, thinking that it would be fascinating, but the whole thing was gripping and interesting. Your view? I was sad it couldn't have been open to the public generally, but the, the, you know they had very limited space. Um, otherwise, people would be walking six miles to get to the mm-hmm. <laughs> get to the event. But it was very well organized. PennDOT did its usual excellent job of organizing the event, and it was uh, they had so many different people there, the representatives of the townships and the boroughs and the and the cities that were affected or are affected by the project, whether directly or indirectly. Lewisburg, Northumberland, and so on. Right. There were people there to help cut the ribbon. Uh, it was good to see Senator Casey here, because Senator Casey has uh, uh, never had to do any of the real heavy lifting, but he has always been very interested in the project, always had representatives at our task force meetings, always willing to do anything we ask him to do uh, to help the project. Now, of course, PennDOT is asking for his help in getting some of that um, transfer, uh, infrastructure money uh, for the the southern section so that they can allocate their funds to other things. You, you've got to remember the majority of this project is being funded by the state of Pennsylvania right now. Mm-hmm. You know, that's highly unusual to find a project this expensive yeah, 500 fin- million. financed by the state. At this moment, we have $160 million approximately from the Appalachian Highway Development System, and the rest of the $900 million or so is coming out of state pockets as the result of the um, franchise tax on oil being allowed to float. That was a few years ago. Thank you, Governor Corbett. (laughs) Okay, so this, uh, you saw Congressman Carney. Yes, it was great to see Chris again. And uh, and Chris Chris and John Gordon are two of the big heroes of this project. I mean, when when we were stuck in the mud, Chris Carney moved heaven and earth as our congressman to get it unstuck. Uh, I reminded him yesterday, I was sitting next to him uh, at the meeting at Susquehanna University where PennDOT announced the project was in hibernation. And I said, (laughs) I recall you almost coming off your seat ready to strangle somebody. But Chris worked awfully hard on that. From day one, the first time, one of the first things he did when he was elected to Congress was to call a meeting of the people who were involved in this and finding out what he could do to help. And he did. And John Gortner and our state senators and representatives pushing it over the goal line, getting that money out of Governor Corbett, telling Governor Corbett, you want your transportation bill? Fine. But it's got to fully fund the Susquehanna Valley Thruway Project. And John's always been stalwart, as has Linda Culvert and Senator uh, Linda Culvert and Senator Merle Phillips. 
Phillips, Russ Fairchild. Great to see Russ again yesterday. I told him he doesn't look any different than he did the he last time not. I saw him. Yeah, I've seen him a couple of times. He's really an integral part of helping out the, every every person's playground out in Sealands Grove. And uh, yeah, so I see him occasionally for that. You're right; he does look the same. Right. So, and it was great to see all the old PennDOT. I don't want to use the word old. All the former PennDOT, now retired, most of them executives who are from District Three who were there. It was great to see them again. So Sandy Tosca. Yeah, Sandy. Sandy, I told her, I said, you retired without telling me. But <laughs> Atwood Welker. Atz was there, yeah. Um, um, oh, gosh, they, there were just so many people there who mm-hmm. have worked on this project over the years. Paul Heiss, um, who has been a faithful member of our um, task force for many, many years. The guys from the Route 15 Coalition. You know. And who, was there anybody there who's been a stick in the mud and, and wasn't really on board and didn't help you much? No. <laughs> Congressman <laughs> Thompson was not there. <laughs> oh, okay. He was invited. So, yeah, it's, it lands in his, the uh, bridge lands in his district now. Well, he so. he fought uh, Congressman Carney tooth and nail when Chris got mileage out of a project in his district that will never be built mm-hmm. to uh, provide funding for the Susquehanna Valley Thruway project through the Appalachian Highway Development System. So, uh, you know, you can't blame the guy for fighting for his district, but, I mean, in this case, it was a project that will never be built versus one that is being built. So. Do we have any evidence he's still irritated about that? I don't know. Okay. I haven't spoken Not, not with you, anyway. Okay. <laughs> well, fantastic. I just think I really encourage folks to go to WKOK's Facebook page, watch the event. Joe is the quintessential speaker. If you haven't heard his remarks, he just did a really super job and really glued it all together. I think you had some folks saying how they were able to get this fund and that fund and uh, how they worked with this individual and that individual. And Joe was the dot connector that really showed how bipartisan effort pulled together and how everybody... It's a shame we you, you can't deliver that speech on the floor of the U.S. Congress today. Because I don't you think really, anybody'd listen. Well, that's exactly right. And the Democrats would throw something at you and the Republicans would walk out. Because well, my, my point was that this is uh, was and has been a bipartisan effort. I mean, there were times, as I said, when Republicans were in the forefront. There were times when Democrats were. But we all worked together because... You know, the project was important. All right. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. If you have a question or observation or a remark for Joe McGranahan, uh, if he had passed in the recent years, they'd call it the Joe McGranahan Memorial Bridge because he was, <laughs> Joe's certainly been significantly integral. He's being modest here, not really uh, accepting some of the attention for having made sure that this kept moving or certainly making sure that uh, folks were there. Yeah, uh, I, th- I was just waiting for Senator Casey to say, I would pick up my phone and it would say Joe McGranahan and he would roll his eyes because that's he was kind of giving those kind of remarks about your good pushing to make sure that he kept working on it. So well, I used to say I wore out about seven PennDOT executives. <laughs> <laughs> he wore them down. All right. 1-800-795-9565 is our open phone. Talk about January 6th or finding of fact, which is what we hope to kind of come out of from the January 6th committee. We'll be right back. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake. A service technician who really knows what he's doing, they can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. 
If you find the lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the market. Joe and I get more words in between the com- the commercials well, we have that we to do, do on the show. While the spots are running, <laughs> <laughs> so we complain. I complain about politicians, and Joe tells me what they've done to help. All right, uh, Dale, you're on the mark. Thanks for waiting through all of that. I appreciate that. Go ahead, sir. You're on the mark. Yeah, I think they're going to rename the bridge. Right? They're going to call it Bureaucrat Money Tree. Bureaucrats Money Tree. Yeah. Is that oh, what the new okay. name is? Um, I, I like bureaucrats, I, but... Uh, I, I know there's uh, wireless radiation going on, but I can't believe it costs $900 million. I think Bob Casey and Joe McGranahan should come up with some receipts because I think it's only worth $80, 80 million. <laughs> what? 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 Come on, Joe, what's up? It's $100 million a mile. Joe, it's the same as it ever was. Joe, you are banking. I'm going to call you Mr. Rich now. Why is that? Did he hang up? I don't know. No, really. No, okay. no, you really believe? You want me to believe it costs nine hundred million, or you think the wireless radiation is going to tell me that? Wireless I radiation, I think, probably I think will tell is. you almost anything. <laughs> I don't know, but there's some things. I mean, there's good stuff. You know, there's good stuff that's being done, like the bridge. Yeah, but don't throw some. You know, you know, the, the price is just. Don't even mention the price no more because it's just unbelievable. Okay. You know, just don't we even won't. mention. Just say it's something good for the community. That's all you gotta say. All don't right. put the price in there because it's just sickening when you do that. For this, for like somebody with a very low IQ. All right, we got okay. you. All right, thank you so much, Dale. Thanks for calling in. So only somebody with you a very come up with some receipts. You and Bob Casey. Come <laughs> Bob Casey, yes, show his receipts. <laughs> I was just waiting for Bob Casey. Bob and I will have to go up to up to uh, Williamsport and see if we can Montoursville and see if we can get some receipts from Eric High and some of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Upper right hand corner, quick too, and then we'll Says, get Chris. Eric Meadows is taking the holder exemption. All right, and you can do one of the texts. And oh, Doug, and I covered oh, it up. I'm sorry, cover it. Un- I can't uncover it. There, there we go. go. The January. January 6th committee isn't a prosecution of Trump, it's a persecution. And then, oh my Tom, such a leftist bootlicker, lying under oath is a crime and spreading rumors below the dignity of the Congress. Because it's not in court, it's just an investigation. Hearsay would never be allowed uh, in the place of evidence, in my opinion. All right, appreciate that. Chris, go ahead, please. You're on the mark. It was direct testimony about what Mark Meadows said. And they're trying to put pressure on Mark Meadows to come in, who hasn't been honoring their, their subpoena or their request thus far. Right. It's not worthless. And, and his conversations with Hutchinson isn't covered by executive privilege. He told her things like uh, what Trump felt about the, 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 what the protesters were doing that he was all for it, the breaking in and the violence. He also, Mark Meadows also said, told her that if the president gets down to the, to the cap, to the, to the Congress as part of the demonstration, we are all going to be, face all sorts of criminal charges. Now, certainly asking him what charges did he think they were going to face, 
and why did he say that, and who he was talking to at the Willard Hotel, if he was, and they seemed to be. Uh, all those things are not covered by presidential privilege and things he should either be taking the fifth on or things or or uh, and and so he has a lot to testify about that's of interest to the committee that's obviously not covered by those things or it's a big stretch if it is or there's other things going on but he's got to come in and make those claims specifically to the specific questions and uh other, another thing is that uh, the conversation didn't mention the illegal fraudulent electors that also might be a crime. That It seems there's a lot of evidence that Trump was instrumental in part of planning that. So he didn't mention that. He only talked about the Hutchinson testimony. Right, so that's coming. Well, if he's not going to testify, he's not going to testify. I called in yesterday. In fact, I was the one who told you it was the limousine, not NPR, but I'm grateful that you put me in such a steam company there, Mark. <laughs> You're welcome. Glad to help. No, I have heard it from other... After you said it, I have and, heard it from other people. And that stuff, that stuff is just uh, trivia about throwing stuff at the wall. And I'm actually on Trump's side about uh, going down to the, to the Capitol building, uh... I mean, uh, if I was president and I said I wanted to go somewhere and they told me I couldn't, I'd probably throw a little tantrum, too. But right, and a lot of this is really not really startling revelation, the fact that he has right. tantrums and pulls dishes off the table and throws that, them. And that was the center of uh, your reporter's talk in there, and that wasn't the center of the testimony at all, or what was important about the testimony. What it was important in your view. Well, I told you about the things Mark Meadows right. was telling her. Right, the, the, about, the fact that he wanted to we're, see... We're all going to get charged with stuff if he goes down there. Who's the we he's talking about? What are the charges he's talking about? Who is he talking to on his phone? What he was, he was talking about them. He seemed to know what was going on at the Willard Hotel. Tell us something about that. There's all sorts of things, that, and they don't seem to be any reason that's covered by executive privilege. He can decline to answer them and take the fifth, or he can claim that somehow they are executive privilege, but he's got to show up and do that. Well, he's not going to, and I also think that the uh, idea they is... They will show up, I think. I think they, they, he's got to, Well, they haven't ruled on the subpoena, or else he'll get... You know, he'll have the subpoena charge against them if they decide to bring that. What about speculating if they had decided to put uh, a group of Republicans on, allow cross-examine and run it more like, almost like a civil hey, trial? They, that was offered. The Republicans didn't want to be on it because they wanted to be able to say it was uh, one-sided. They withdrew the three that were improved. Mm-hmm. They could have chosen two others and had their full five also. Okay, but so it's their fault. not to. And it's clear that they've been dragging their feet. They could have started these investigations nine months earlier if the Republicans hadn't milked them out in the Senate. Remember, it was going to be a select committee by the Senate where both houses involved. And they, they, the Republicans said, kept drawing that out. Oh, yeah, we can do this if, if, if. Oh, no, we don't want to do it because they wanted to delay the investigation as long as possible. 
thought it was a hearing, not an investigation. Well, uh, it is. I misspoke. It's an investigative hearing. No, I think it's... I think it's the facts against the facts out there. They are investigating. The most important thing about it, I don't... isn't the the presumptive cause about what laws might be passed or proposed. I mean, that's important and certainly a worthy reason. But the main reason is to get the facts out of what happened and who did what. Mm-hmm. All right, but you, Otherwise, you, you, have to, you have to accept the fact that, even as our guest said, that he thought it was partly, um, if not largely, partisan. And I think it is. I think the timing of what they did here with respect to Ms. Hutchison uh, was deliberate because they were waiting until everybody was out of town and gone on their break, and then they bring her well, in. Well, I don't see what, what going out of town and being on the break has and to she do doesn't, with spinach anywhere. Well, because they weren't immediately available to the media to contradict what she said. <laughs> oh, not that she oh, lied. Wait, have you noticed? Wait, wait, wait. Hold it right there. <laughs> i got a bone to pick yeah. because you've said things like that before. And any Republican can talk up. Anybody Republican who has different information can volunteer to uh, appear before the committee, but they haven't because they don't want to, because they either have guilty knowledge or they'd have no knowledge. But you see, that's the problem here, Chris. We're starting out with the verdict, and then we're working backwards to no, prove it. No, we are not. Yes, we, we are. are. Hey, if you had, if you had, if you had knowledge that something the committee was doing was wrong... Why wouldn't you want to go down there? Because it's a partisan battlefield. It's a partisan battlefield where they don't they have they know what they want to hear and that's they, what they're going to they that's what they're going to do. Politely. Okay. <laughs> I don't think that the witnesses they are necessary. Been browbeating. They haven't been giving speeches and it's been all Republicans. I don't the Republicans who they don't even defend a lot of it in the in the in Apparently the it's not worth talking today to anybody. Nobody wants to listen. testifying about it. That's, okay. that's obviously true. I'm not listening to you Joe either. No, I'm And I can hear you. No point in talking. All right, Chris, so yeah, we go give ahead, you talk. We give you Oh. Every time I start I to make that point because you've made that statement several times over several days. And also, did you read that article on that jump ball thing I sent you? No, he did so, not. He did not. It was the Washington Examiner, and it was saying how the Republican National Party was involved in the conspiracy about uh, about the fraudulent election. And it was from the Washington Examiner. I made a mistake, and I uh, said... I meant to type for Joe, and then when I went back to make sure it got sent, and since it didn't come up on the radio, it said, uh, uh, Fojo. <laughs> I hit the E instead of the R, which are next to each other, so it said Fojo. I meant to say for, for Joe. But I kind of like that nickname for you, Fojo. Fojo. This is Fojo. <laughs> the articles from the Washington Examiner, Republican National Committee Chairwoman Ronna McDaniel confirmed Tuesday that former President Donald Trump was involved in lawyer John Eastman's fake elector scheme. During a brief excerpt of her deposition played during the January 6th committee hearing Tuesday, McDaniel explained that Trump called her and put her in touch with Eastman, who then engaged with the RNC about the scheme over the following months. And 
quote. Coordinated with them. Right. Kept working together. Doesn't yeah. say that. Just says. No, nope, but does later. It's there. It does later, Joe. I, it's a long article. I knew you couldn't read it on the air, <laughs> but I thought you'd like to know for your edification. I'll send it to him again. I sent it to him a couple weeks ago, but Joe does not generally. Couple weeks ago. He does not read things that I send him. So. I it was a week ago. Right. He don't. He don't. He ignores us when he's not on the air. All right, Chris. <laughs> thank you so much right, for trying to. We Bye. really appreciate your call. We'll take a quick break. We got one call standing by. We got a couple of emails and text pending. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. You can email us at on the market We'll be right back. I thought of a great rhyme. What does Ed the Cellist have to tell us? Okay. He has to tell us that Joe's jealous that Ed the Cellist has better rhymes than him. Um, uh, up right hand corner, and then the text. Doug says, This BS January 6th hearing is just like the impeachment over a phone call with Ukraine. It turns out the collusion with Ukraine was, in fact, with Joe Biden himself trying to keep Hunter out of trouble. These so called hearings are about trying to overturn an election. When, in fact, that's exactly what the left did by changing voting laws before the election and using those changes to steal the 2020 election. No evidence, you say? Not if you listen to mainstream media, but there is definite evidence. I've learned over the past five years that if the left is accusing Trump of something, it's probably because it's in fact something that the liberal politician is guilty of. Hey, one, of our text, one of our texters says, Chris, barring the Republicans from having their choice of representatives on the committee is unprecedented. And if Hutchison is lying about the limo ride, in my opinion, it brings all of her testimony into question. Oh, wait, let me. Um, I, I'm not going to dispute what that person says, but I don't think anybody's accusing her of lying. It, the worst that would happen if it turns out that the president never actually did that is that she was misinformed. She's quoting right. other people who told her that. And then finally, one says to Eric, "Go peacefully and make your voices heard." You omit that phrase. Why? Okay, and of course that's oh, okay. what the that's what sure that's what our good guest well, said earlier. I, yeah, and I think the president had several key lines in there that were supposed to be his liability transfer, but then he ad libbed a bunch of other ones that were very insightful. I n c i t e f u l, insightful, <laughs> inciting of the crowd. All right, Joe, you're on the mark. Thank you for waiting while we did some reading, some light reading here on the mark. All right, uh, yeah, your uh, rhyme was pretty good. I like that. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I want to just thank you for uh, searching out for uh, the guests you had on. Is it Thane. Rosenblum? Blum, Thane, Rosen, Thane Rosenbaum. Yeah. Thane, yeah. And, uh, I mean, I I did uh, criticize uh, Steinhorn a little bit for his uh, left-leaning, and you agreed, or you made it known that you thought he was left-leaning, too. But I did like the... <clears throat> Uh, you know, in your conversation, uh, he came right out with uh, that this, what Congress can do here, what this committee's for, is for the uh, investigation to, for legislation, not uh, exactly through them. They can't uh, charge anybody, right? So, you know, he started out pretty good, and part of it, uh, when he did, he sounded pretty, uh, so he, he brought up things that Trump is known as not very popular for, like the shooting on Fifth Avenue comment. And he also said that he thought Donald Trump was a, a very bad person. So I think he has one look. But what I did like was that he put that all aside and talked about the legality of the 
the hearing and, you know, the Sixth Amendment, and that why people like me are not listening to it is that there's no questions that I would ask that are going to get answered. You know, it's the Donald Trump is a bad person, and that's the way it's going to be. That's what this uh, hearing is all about. So I uh, do appreciate it. I don't know how you uh, do a search for uh, an expert like that, but uh, I want to thank you for that. CBS calls and, um, us at 6 o'clock and says, do you want him? <laughs> it's not a search. Yeah. They they offer him up. They offer a series yeah. of people every day on different topics, and sometimes we're able to get them, sometimes oh. we're not. Okay, interesting. But, uh, yeah, well, thanks for that, uh, getting uh, someone else. Of the, of the, I forget the name of the other uh, person you have on. Leonard Stein, who's hey. been on. Uh, we, uh, we just had... Uh, um, well, we've had, gosh, we've had so many on from yeah, CBS. Every, everybody's been on. Yeah. Jim Crisula was on uh, last Jim week. Jim Crisula, yeah. Right, that's the guy I was trying to think of. Yeah, he's he's a little bit more middle of the road. Well, he's just but a, but anyhow, he's just like a to, reporter. Uh, clean up a little bit from yesterday. Um, the, on the uh, Kyle Rittenhouse gun charge, it was, uh, Illinois did not just drop uh, it because he was 17 or 18 years old. Illinois did an investigation, and they concluded that uh, it's on NPR, uh, an article on NPR, uh, that, uh, I forget, I have it, uh, October 14th, 2020, on NPR uh, written, but uh, they concluded that the gun was never in the state of Illinois, so that's why they didn't uh, bring any charges from, about the gun in Illinois, but uh, not sure about what, what happened in the trial about the gun, that was probably pretty much covered though. All right. So, um want to thank y'all. Yeah, very good. good yep, thank you. All right, thank you so much. Thank you, Joe. Yeah, we had Jim Crisula was on last week. Scott McFarland, the week before a Capitol Hill reporter from CBS. Of course, CBS. Jeff McCoslin's been on numerous times. When right, it's a CBS military, military analyst. Mm-hmm. Leonard Steinhorn, as we mentioned, college professor, he's an analyst, which means the difference between a correspondent and analyst is... <laughs> Correspondent can doesn't express an opinion, but the analysts do. Stephen Portnoy has been on. Uh, let's see, I think those, that's the list. Uh, Steve Dorsey's been on. Well, on international woman was. We had a oh uh, yes, one of the female. Can, don't yeah, know she's that not was. offered up today. Cammy McCormick? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah on the Ukraine. Yep, yeah, there she is. And Jeff McCausland is offered today if you wanted to talk about the Ukraine. <laughs> He's there. <laughs> Which he says Ukraine is doing in a fabulous job lately. So even I'm though Russia bump, continues. I'm bump into him later in this month or later in the month of, Feb- of uh, July. He will be speaking at the state mayor's conference. Oh, wow, fabulous. Talking about his book. Um, you know, which which is a great book. It's called Battle Tested. Worth reading. All right. Al, thank you for waiting during the idle chit-chat. You're on the mark. Hi, this is uh, Al from Nori. Thanks for introducing No me. kidding. <laughs> we never would have guessed. Well, you can tell by my voice, but... Uh, well, plus it says Al from Nori wow. on the screen. Yeah, we so. see it says Al from Nori. So. <laughs> have we Very mentioned we a, a fabulous that was a producer? Race car going by. Um, Anyways, I called to say, you know, President Trump, I think we'd be better off if he was president right now. And the problem with Trump was uh, he was passionate. You know, he was passionate for the mega, (laughs) making America great again. And, you know, sometimes that requires uh, a strong fight. That requires a strong fight, which might border, you know, making some people not like you because you're a strong fighter. But that's what he was, and he kept us safe. I mean, it, it took, you know, 
it took up a tough guy to run the world. And uh, he was running the world pretty good. I think we were in a lot better shape, and we'd probably be better off if he was president right now. Possibly. And you really don't know. I got a T-shirt back in April. No, no, May of 21. It says, don't blame me. I voted for Trump. Hmm. And, boy, that you know, you see signs like that, like even in front of your place now. Now we have a Let's um, Go Brandon sign out front. For one or two days, we had the other version of Let's Go Brandon with Biden's name. And uh, Well, bear in mind, that's not the Sunbury or, Broadcasting Corporation's property. That is the adjoining property. I know it's property. not, I, but I did go on that property with permission from the guy I was painting for in the neighborhood, called his buddy who owns the property, and I went, they aren't going to knock it down again because I fixed it when I went back in a couple of years ago when it got knocked over. Do you remember? Yeah. I came over and I put some six and a half inch screws on there and mm. I stuck I do a not couple remember. of it's been up down on the ground and a couple metal stakes. I do not remember. We're going to have a tough time knocking that one over. Well, come, come put our reflectors back up if you would, please, at the end of the drought. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I could do that. No, anyway, no, that was a joke. <laughs> I have no the charge. mallet. No I have, charge. I have the mallet. Nice guys. I have the mallet and the rebar ready to go, so we, <laughs> I got it covered. Okay, we got you covered on the way through a lot. On yeah. my way to Mifflinburg right now. Anyways, that's all I want. All right, to thank say. you so much I for checking in. Better off with Trump as president right now. Right. And Eric, thank you, Al. Eric only gets a minute, so we'll do him before the break. Go ahead, Eric. If the president meant go peacefully. Why then it didn't take several hours after he knew that they were rioting for him to call them off? Uh, because he was enjoying it. I believe he was gleeful was how one of his aides described him. Go. Yeah. Well, that's all there is to it. <laughs> I mean, obviously he didn't want to stop it. This was the, the conclusion of one of the many theories that he had that could get this overturned. He had the electors ready. Of course, he'd been working the attorneys general. He'd been calling the states. He was ready to hang Mike or Pence. The, the fake electors, <laughs> right, when they said, you know, hang Mike Pence. He was said that was appropriate. He said so Mike deserves it. was for it to go through, because otherwise, why would any... Any uh, rationally acting president <laughs> allow that to happen under his administration? Will you answer your own why, questions? Why, why, after he said go peacefully, and they didn't follow his orders, why wouldn't he say, "Hey guys, I said go peacefully. This isn't what I want." Because, and and then and then why then the next day, according to the testimony of Cassie Hutchinson, were a bunch of people asking for him to immediately give them pardons? Or, or guarantee they'd be part. Yes, Scott Perry was well, there. Well, if you believe if you believe what she testified to, the president was feeling they weren't doing anything wrong. So obviously, he doesn't see anything wrong with destroying the Capitol and uh, you know assaulting police officers. And well, I think the real reason is if he gives them pardons, it's obvious he was in on something illegal, and he'd never wanted to admit that. Well, Thank you, Don't, you, don't forget, there was talk at the time that he would pardon himself before he left office. All right, we got three calls ringing. I don't know how the heck Lynn's going to do that, but let me tell you about the Sunbury Motor Company. They have a Ford Edge down there, one of the nicest vehicles in the world. Uh, less than $40,000. Got a top rating from Consumer Reports. Ultra reliable. Uh, it's less than it's 22 miles to the gallon, which means you're going to get 30 on the highway, and then in the 
the dead of winter, you might be down in the te- upper teens. But this is a perfect vehicle. And yes, Joe, there is a high performance ST trim that comes with a speed package that allows the turbocharged V6 and all wheel drive. Are you ready for this? Zero to I'm 60 ready. in seven seconds. Now, have seven you, seconds. Yeah, right. have you ever done that? Seven seconds? That would be faster than you've probably well, I would done. have to admit that. If, if I admitted that, there would probably be policemen following well, me. Well, no, you have, you're allowed to go on a drag strip <laughs> or private territory. I don't have a drag strip around here. Well, I believe that there is. <laughs> Where? So, well, Beaver Springs. Oh, they uh, still do that out there? Okay. Um, and uh, what, there's one down in uh, down by the Northumberland County Airport. The name escapes me. So, anyway, well, there used to be, anyway. Anyway, the normal uh, motorist would get the two-liter turbocharged four-cylinder engine, but Joe gets the six, and that comes with all-wheel drive and a turbocharged V6, zero to 60 in about seven or eight seconds. Large 12-inch touchscreen, so Joe's going to be distracted all the time, which much are you distracted? Can I get YouTube on that? Yes, you can. See, there you go. All right. And there it is, as they say across the hall. Ford Edge, fabulous vehicle. There's one on the lot at the Sunbury Motor Company, sunburymotors.com. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full, new, and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. All right, welcome back. We've got to go right to the phones because of limited time. Uh, Dan, uh, you're going to get about a minute and a half. Go All right. ahead. All right, I'll make it quick. You know, why I can brag about the job President Trump did when he was president. Our country was in great shape. We were in great shape over the world. Under Biden, we're terrible. And me as a Republican, I do not complain and hate Joe Biden. I tell you, the job he's doing is lousy. I don't hate the man, but every Democratic caller, left-winger, hates Donald Trump. They're desperate to pin something on that man. Why? You tell me why they have that much hate for the man. I, I don't get it. I get it, but I'm not going to say it today. I've said it enough times. <laughs> but they're desperate. And he's a, he did more for America than any president, I'm going to say it again, in my lifetime, more than Reagan. He had us humming every way. And, and why the left wing hates him, I know why. <laughs> but how... You people should see through it, too, why they hate Donald Trump. 
Okay, well, give me a hint. Why, why does the left hate Donald Trump? Because he, they hate America. Oh, they right. hate there you go, and there it is. Doing good. <laughs> Liberals that's hate that's America. wing wants to destroy this country. Uh, I've said it over and over. Right. And you people that follow that Th- line, time's up. you're right in the group, marching right behind we the gotta get to Ken. haters. We got to get to Ken. I Thank you, Dan. Dan, time's up. We got to get to Ken. Thank you. Yeah, thanks Ken, for calling in, guys. Yep. Uh, Ken, Ken you're on the mark this morning. You got a minute and a half. I'm not Ken, but hey, I'm Al. Oh, okay. Eric asked the question. Uh, Eric I'm asked sorry, the question. The I got one. the answer. Uh, uh, he asked why Trump stayed quiet for so long. Well, they just testified uh, that he tried to turn the memo around, but the Secret Service wouldn't let him. And then uh, he got so upset that he went back to the Capitol and tried to eat his lunch, but he couldn't hardly eat his lunch, and he got mad and threw it up against the wall. And then he finally got around after he got that cleaned up. To uh, They wouldn't clean it up for him because he was having a baby fit. And uh, he had to clean that up, and then he took care of it. But okay. he wanted to go down and, and stop him in person, but the Secret Service wouldn't turn the limo Listen, around. Listen, we got to get to Ken. Grabbing, he even tried We're grabbing right. the steering wheel. He's okay. Is he? All right, okay. thanks. Thanks. Yeah, thank Bye. you. And he didn't throw it up against the wall. He threw it Just, against the wall. Oh, Ken's... <laughs> one said Ken, both said Ken. Then it's Stand Al. down. Then it said Al. Are you, you in only, charge of You only have a minute left in the whole week. You're blowing it. Give it Ken. <laughs> Ken, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. As a longtime PennDOT employee, I want to make sure that you guys don't think the bridge cost $900 million. That is a complete inaccurate statement. The total bypass from Montandon to Seals Grove estimated cost will be $900 million. But the, the one caller thought the bridge alone was $900 million. That's a total... Total bridge is 150? Well, I thought 120, 130, oh, somewhere okay. in that neck of the woods. No, our caller was so disjointed, it was hard to tell what his point was. He asked us to get receipts from... Uh, <laughs> Senator Casey. Well, he won't get any receipts <laughs> from PennDOT. All right, but thank it's a, you. It's a long-awaited project that was screwed up many times, but it's finally getting done. That's all I wanted to say. Amen. Thank you. All right. <laughs> and that gives us time to read some of the emails. Go ahead. The Trump White House had more leakers, backstabbers, and vindictive people than any other administration ever experienced. With that said, it should be a cinch to expose all of the machinations that took place such a major distraction. Gee, who appointed all those people? The backstabbers. Must have been the president. Mm-hmm. And... So if the committee comes up with evidence, Merrick Garland will change course and start to enforce the law? (laughs) (laughs) This is E.B. He's mouth-ear-wordy today. Don't know whether we can finish this one or not. Since the majority of your callers appear to watch fake Fox News and therefore won't hear much reporting on yesterday's bombshells from the January 6th committee, here are some important takeaways. And that's all the time we have today. (laughs) There it is. Tomorrow's Financial Friday. Oh, no, tomorrow's just a regular Friday. Ben Reichley will be in. We may have another CBS guest calling in. We'll see. We're also trying to get some folks on both sides of the abortion issue out of some of the lobbyists and advocacy groups based in Harrisburg. So hopefully we'll hear them. Next week, live shows. We had talked about the idea best of, but it'll be live, 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 but not on Monday. We'll be in Sunbury celebrating the anniversary. This is WKOK Sunbury.